On today's show, is it time for IndyCar to adopt closed cockpits? A look at the upheaval in the interior components business, and the Middle East loves to drive American cars. All that and more coming right up on AutoLine Daily. This is AutoLine Daily for August 24th of 2015. In a high-speed accident at the IndyCar race at Pocono Raceway yesterday, Justin Wilson was struck in the helmet by a piece of debris. The impact resulted in serious injuries that left Wilson in a coma and fighting for his life. The debris was thrown in the air when another driver, Sage Karam, lost control of his car while in the lead and struck the outside wall. This is not a new problem with race cars with open cockpits. Other drivers have been hurt by debris too. Racing authorities have been debating for years whether they should enclose the cockpit and have conducted tests to see how strong they would have to be. The Red Bull Formula One team even released drawings for a closed cockpit several years ago. But the appeal of open cockpit race cars is that you can see the driver, so there's a lot of opposition to a canopy. Here at Autoline, we think a tall windshield might be enough to protect drivers from debris. So what do you think? Should racing adopt full canopies or a tall windshield or what? Connected vehicles have the potential to greatly improve safety because drivers can get warnings about accidents, traffic, or other hazards to avoid those dangers. And the state of Michigan just took the first steps to create a connected car infrastructure. The Detroit News reports that MDOT has installed sensors and cameras along 20 miles of highway on I-96 and I-696 in Metro Detroit. Several automakers and the University of Michigan are also involved in the project. There aren't any cars on the road today that can communicate with the system. The 2017 Cadillac CTS will be the first car to be equipped with the technology. And this technology is a first one towards self-driving cars. Still to come, what's up with this BMW? And the Middle East is one of the U.S.'s top export markets. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion. Dow Automotive Systems, breakthrough technologies for lightweight vehicles. Hyundai, learn more at Hyundai.com. And by Pure Michigan, leading the automotive world in intelligent connected vehicles. We run on brain power. There is one area where the United States and the Middle East truly connect in a positive way. In the Middle East, they love American cars. The region represents the fourth largest export market for American-made cars, with Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates being the biggest markets. But even tiny little Kuwait, with a population of only 3 million people, buys the same number of American cars as are exported to Japan, with a population of 127 million people. If and when the Middle East ever settles down, the car market there could be phenomenal. Last year, the U.S. exported over 230,000 cars to the region. With a little bit of stability there, that number could really grow. You know, every once in a while, we ask for your help identifying a classic car. And we're looking for your help again. But this time, something much more modern. Autoline viewer Wim Van Acker spotted this camoed BMW parked on the streets of Ann Arbor, Michigan. 
The car appears to be a new 7 Series, with German license plates on the front and rear, but is also rocking a Georgia plate in the window. What's real interesting about this car are these odd-looking tailpipes. Does it have some kind of special powertrain? We thought it could have a fuel cell, but it sure looks like there's some carbon buildup at the end of the pipes. And what's up with that hook sticking out of the bumper? Maybe an anchor spot for when the car's strapped down to a dyno? But what do you think is up with this BMW? Leave us your thoughts in the comments section below. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Coming up next, John sees a lot of turmoil with suppliers who make interior components for the automotive industry. For the people at Dow, racing is a sport and a science. We enjoy one and learn from the other. But like most competitive people, we like winning at both. This is the human element at work. Dow. What in the world is going on with the suppliers who make interior components for car companies? It's almost as if a call went out earlier this year for them to get out of the business. Could it be that automakers want to start insourcing this business and that sent everyone running for the exits? First, JCI, the largest interior supplier in the world, sold off most of that business to a Chinese supplier called Yangfeng. And overnight, Yangfeng became the largest interior supplier in the world. Then, shortly after that, Magna decided to sell its interiors business to a Spanish company called Grupo Antolin. And then the CEO of the interior supplier, IAC, abruptly left the company to become the CEO of Dana. That prompted Wilbur Ross, the main shareholder in IAC, to bring in Steve Miller, a turnaround artist who previously worked at Chrysler and Delphi and other companies, Miller is managing the company while he uses his connections in the industry to find a new CEO. On top of all this, Forcia, the supplier company owned by Peugeot, which makes interior and exterior components, formed a joint venture with the Chinese automaker Dongfang. Unlike the law for foreign automakers, there is no legal requirement for foreign suppliers to form joint ventures with Chinese companies. So could this be the first step for Peugeot to spin off for SIA? And yet, Lear, another tier one interior supplier, is posting good profits and strong margins. And Yangfeng, which bought JCI's interiors business, says it sees plenty of growth opportunities, especially in Mexico. So it's not as if everyone is running for the exits. Even so, we have never seen so much turmoil in such a short amount of time in the supplier business. Everything that I just mentioned here happened over the summer. Economists may call this creative destruction, but this kind of change inevitably leads to disruptions and quality problems that automakers want to avoid. Anyway, that's how I see it. And as always, we welcome your comments and insights. But anyway, that wraps up today's report. Thanks for watching and please join us again tomorrow.